Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Monday. Kind of a lot of stuff going on, Wolf. So a little bit. Let's just turn it over to Aaron for some organization here. It's Wolfing down your lunch, Aaron. So the Phoenix Suns fell to the Clippers 115-110 in the series opener yesterday. And here's Devin Booker after the game. I mean, no matter what year I'm in or how many times I do it, you know, I think it's going to be a roller coaster. Um, you know, even thinking back to my first one, like every loss is, you know, the worst thing ever. And every win, you're going to win the rest of them. Uh, that's just how the playoffs go. So when you look at yesterday's game and what went wrong, what is your confidence level in this series? Well, he just nailed it, though, didn't he? Like when the Suns took the lead in the third quarter, I was like, all right, 16 straight wins. They'll be hoisting the trophy here without a single playoff loss. And then when you lose, you're like, well, they're done. Um, My confidence is still at the level where I expect them to win the series. But I would be lying if I said that the way they didn't respond in the playoffs last year isn't at least a little bit in the back of my mind. It's a much different team. I think KD makes them a lot... He, he's more of a safety net where that's not going to happen anything like that ever again, hopefully. But I mean, you're down 1-0 in the series and the Clippers got to play the game they wanted to play, so it's not great. Yeah, you know, for me right now, um, confidence is a currency of competition, and this series is going to be a whole lot tougher because right now the Clippers have an awful lot of currency, I think, going into Game 2. And because of that, even though I think the Suns are still going to win the series, it's going to be a long, contested, combative series because of the confidence level of the Clippers at this point. Kevin Durant scored 27 points for the Suns, who lost for the first time with him on the floor. Devin Booker had 26. But ESPN's Brian Windhorst said that Kawhi Leonard was the difference maker. Kawhi was absolutely brilliant in this game. With Westbrook struggling and without Paul George, they needed his offense. He delivered it. He barely left the floor in the second half, Zoom, which is the kind of the style that they've been getting him ready for. They've been building to that. Kevin Durant was scoreless in the first quarter and scoreless in the third. And even though he had 10 points in the fourth, down the stretch of the game, the Suns couldn't find him. The ball kept going to people not named Kevin Durant or Devin Booker down the stretch, and that's something they're going to have to address. So Kawhi got the edge in this one. But I'm going to tell you, if we're going to keep seeing this, with these two guys guarding each other down the stretch, we are in for a potentially epic series between these two teams. Your reaction to that? Kawhi's he's scary, right? If you, if you, if you, play, if you play into his game... He's scary, and it's because he can be a bunch of different things, right? He's like a monster from a horror movie. Like, he's just, if you let him hang around, it's going to be problems. And the Suns put themselves in a position where he had to score 38 and then do other Kawhi things, so that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in Game 2 because this is one of the things I love about NBA playoffs, the seven-game series. The fact that it is very much like a soap opera. Mm-hmm. You just don't know from game to game what's going to happen. And for the most part, 
Um, that's the best thing about it. There is no consistency. <laughs> Every game seems to be a little bit different than the other games. So we'll see if that holds true going forward. The Suns bench production came up short in game one as the Clippers reserved outscored Phoenix's backups 34 to 10. How do you think that they can fix that? I think you have to probably shorten the bench. What was that? They played 11 guys, and that doesn't include T.J. Warren. It doesn't include Damian Lee, who maybe just isn't part of the rotation. It didn't include campaign. That's the course. other part, yeah. So you figure, hopefully, he's coming back for game two. I don't even... I just You can't you can't be running 11 guys out there because the, the guys on the bench never even look like they really got into any sort of rhythm. Yeah. The campaign thing, I'm sorry, man. You gave me that conspiracy look when I, when I said... Well, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't like you were implying anything, were you? No, I just, I feel like he's been missing for a while. I, that is not good for this team. It's not good. What, it, you know, maybe it's just the injury, that's all it is. I just don't know if that is the case. And I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been missing for the last couple of weeks. You know, he's only been playing seven minutes in some games. Yeah, weird. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what area do the Suns need to improve most in game two? Your choices, offensive execution, bench production, or rebounding? <laughs> oh, boy, the last two Yes. Are, yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> All of it's okay. If you had to pick one, produce. If you had to pick one, Luke, what would it be? I think the one that's the most likely that they fix is actually the first one, offensive execution. And I I think that unlocks their ceiling. So I'm actually going to say the first one because I don't know that they can improve the second one a whole lot. And I know you're going to say the third one. No, you know, honestly, I'm going to go with the second just because you said I was going to go with the third. (laughs) Just screw everything up. That's right. Rebounding right now. Okay, that's rebounding. (laughs) Rebound that basketball. Rebound that basketball. Okay, don't do it again. Uh, right the, the only reason why I say that. That was running through my head in the fourth quarter. Rebounding is going to be so important in this series because it's going to be a temperature gauge as to how physical the Suns team is going to be. And, and the more physical the Suns team is going to be, and hopefully it will show up on the glass on both ends of the floor, Hopefully, that means they're also going to be physical. And this is, it's an indicator to me. They're going to work hard, DA, to get in a position to actually grab an offensive board from time to time. And that's going to turn and watch the shot and stand there. You can actually work to try to get, expect the shot to be missed, maybe, and get position to grab an offensive board. That's what has to happen. And, okay, maybe I'm dreaming <laughs> that that's going to happen, but, yeah, rebounding to me. So 43% say rebounding, 31% say offensive execution, 20%, 26% say bench production. Arizona Cardinals safety Buda Baker has requested a trade from the team. In February, Baker had also requested to be traded or to receive a new contract to make him the highest paid safety in the NFL. And we're going to talk about this at 1245, but what are your thoughts of what's going on and what do you think is going to happen? Oh, you know what? Honestly, when I heard the news 
my very first thought was run. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody run. Yeah. My second thought was this can't happen. And and my third thought was this can't happen. <laughs> and Buddha knows this can't happen. Where this is going to go, we have no time to talk about it right now. But what, when are we talking about this again? About a half hour. About a half hour. Twelve forty. Yeah, okay. Twelve forty-five. We'll talk about this, but it's not good. You got to move this into the negative category. My first reaction was, regardless of whose fault it is, because we don't really know how we got to this point entirely yet. I mean, we've heard stuff. My first reaction was, I don't know how you can push your fan base much further. This was the like, well, this is the sacred thing. They'll at least have Buda Baker. And I'm not saying it's the Cardinals doing it. I'm, I'm not saying it's Buda. I'm not, maybe it's miscommunication, whatever. But I'm just saying, at a certain point, your fan base is going to throw their arms up in the air. And, and that point is when Buda Baker's playing for a different team. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. After a game one loss, has our confidence level changed for the series? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Nicolob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. Well, one game in, not like a total disaster of a game, but not what you're looking for in terms of a result. Certainly some things that uh, need to be fixed by the Suns, and it's a best of seven, so that's a longish series. But you probably better win game two, Wolf. Yeah, you would like that. That'd be nice. Yeah. Especially because it's at home. Yeah, that'd be nice, Luke. I don't want to have to go into yeah. L.A. needing to win games just to survive yeah, the series. I Thanks. I know. Um, I, you did get the feeling, did you not, Basinonians watching the game, though, and seeing the Clippers win the game in the clutch when it mattered the most on the floor of the Phoenix Suns at Footprint Center. You know, to me, it made me think, get ready for a long-contested series. Get ready. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Here's uh, here's Jay Will. Jay Williams, of course, on uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max today reacting to the Game 1 loss for the Suns. What's the number one concern you have for Phoenix right now? Their lack of physicality, their lack of toughness. And I, this team hasn't been together that long at full strength. Um, but I, I saw... Um, Two guys whose identity and their head coach are built off being physically tough. They may not be the most skilled team, but they're going to be the team that's going to play with the most most energy, the most passion, right? And that's what I saw last night from Russ and Kawhi. And I I think at times when you're able to push KD off his rhythm, push Devin Booker off their rhythm, I, I saw Devin Booker and KD get denied last night. Like that used to be the knock on KD early in his career. The one weakness is you could deny him the ball, but that seemed to go away. But not last night. So it's like you, you hear KD in the post game presser talk about. Well, there were multiple times that I waited in the corner and the ball just never got kicked my way. And for me, I naturally think that's how beautiful the continuity system was in Golden State. The ball moved 
so much more because you didn't have people that were ball dominant. Whereas now with Phoenix, Devin Booker has been ball dominant. He's been a volume shooter. CP3 is ball dominant. So KD needs to shift this mindset from being the guy that gets the ball up, people making the right play. You're saying, give me the damn. It's unacceptable that he didn't take a shot in the last five minutes of the game. It's, it's not wrong. I mean, there were definitely moments in that game in the second half where you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's technically the right basketball play by Kevin Durant, right? If you're playing high school basketball and everybody gets the ball and here we go, this guy's more open, so they should take the shot. I'm not putting it all on Kevin Durant, though. Like, you got to be aware of the guy that's out there on the floor. And, you know, if you have a two-foot shot and there's nobody around, you go ahead and just dunk it, preferably. But the... It's got to be a point of emphasis for the Suns to make sure Kevin Durant gets the ball. Otherwise, the Clippers are like, wait, they're not they're not going to use him at the end of the game? All right. Yo. Cool. Thanks. And maybe the Clippers will go ahead and just take Kawhi out, too. That would really help the Suns even, even this up a little bit. Right. And although I agree with what Jay Will was saying right there in regard to Kevin Durant, he did take a shot in the last five minutes. Of one. Course. Yeah, and he made it. It he was did. kind of a big one <laughs> right there. And at the same time, you want to see Kevin Durant, and I want to see Devin Booker as well. I wanted to see them assert themselves in the last six minutes of this game. Yeah, I didn't really see them assert themselves. I saw them actually try to get their teammates involved, which I don't think we'll see that again. <laughs> yeah, you might need to, to channel a little bit of the... Uh you know, the whatever, the Michael Jordan, Kobe, whatever, and in, in, in the clutch moments of the game. I get it. You want to be a good teammate? Sure. But if you're Kevin Durant, you're better at basketball than all the other guys on your team. If you're Devin Booker, it's your shot, right? It's you or KD taking those shots. Uh, Chris Paul couldn't hit a shot yesterday. He didn't take a ton until the end of the game, but then he couldn't hit a shot. But I, I just I feel like the Suns did some of the uh, the Clippers' work for them, and you just heard Jay Williams say it right there. So it brings back to the, the original question of where your confidence level is with this series. I mean, I think it takes a hit after yesterday's game. It does. And I almost feel like it's two different questions, Wolf. It's where's your confidence level that they will beat the Clippers, and where's your confidence level that this is a, a title favorite? You yeah. know what I mean? I think that's two okay. different questions. Yeah, that's great. No, it really is. That's a great way of framing it right now. I, I think the more games that the Suns actually play, I think the better they're going to become. This is this is one of the reasons why I'm not terrified of, ah, you know, the Clippers, and this could go six or seven, you know. You know what? I, I think the Suns in the end are going to win. I'm confident the Suns are going to win because of the talent level that they have right now. And I think they're only going to get better with each passing game, especially these games and how important they are and the physicality that you're going to bring. I, I think also you have to look at the Clippers. And although I am willing to admit that I think what they did in Game 1 is something they can replicate, it's something I think they can actually fall back and say, this is who we are, rebounding by way of example. I think they are a better rebounding team because they have Kawhi. And I think Kawhi makes them a better rebounding team, even if, even though if you look at the season statistics, they'll tell you the Suns were a better rebounding team than the Clippers. I, I was only by a few. 
But now I think with Kawhi back in uh, their lineup, I think he changes everything for them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitant to even look at the regular season stats yeah, for these two right. teams because they were so different all year. I, I'm with you on that. I was just throwing that out there because there were going to be some people that added me on Twitter and said, <laughs> well, if the Suns were actually better than, you know. But I, I think the Clippers are a better rebounding team, and I think they know that. Is this sustainable? From game one to game two, and game th- two to game three, et cetera, et cetera. Is it sustainable? I think that it is for the Clippers, which means the assertion of talent that the Phoenix Suns have has got to happen a lot more frequently than what we saw in game one. Yeah, I, I think you're you're 100% spot on with the the more the Suns play in these playoffs, the better they're going to get. And it makes sense for a lot of reasons. It makes sense for the fact they just haven't played together that much. But I also, you get the feeling that this is a team with the guys that were here last year that still have that weirdness from the, the playoffs last year hanging over them. Once they win a playoff game, they may start stringing two or three or four in a row together. Uh, the only downside to that is nothing's guaranteed in the playoffs. Like they are only guaranteed three more basketball games. You yeah, know, right. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to start winning some of these, and they're going to. I like you still think they're going to win this series, and I still think I don't know. That I have a number for you now, but I, I still think they're going to win the series. But I mean, if it gets to a game seven, you know, again, yeah. it's a it's a coin flip at that point. Yeah, you're the more talented team. But what if you have an off shooting first half? Oh, we saw that last year. What if Paul George is like, you know what? I'll drag myself out there for 15 minutes if it's a game seven. Yeah. I mean, you you can't you can't now be like, oh, we can't let this get to a game seven. We got to win in five or six because you're down in the series. You you basically are in survival mode now. But it got a lot dicier just because of one game. What I do love about this, especially for a coach, especially for Monty Williams in particular, is the fact that this game is exactly what the Phoenix Suns are going to see. <laughs> Whether it's against the Clippers or against the Warriors or against whomever they're going to play, this is what they're going to see. A team that is going to come out and jab them right in the eye, metaphorically speaking. A team that's going to come out and challenge them physically on the glass, a team that is going to come out and challenge them physically overall, period. This is what we're going to see. I think teams look at the Suns, they see a lot of finesse guys, including DeAndre Ayton, including Kevin Durant to some degree, including Devin Booker to some degree. I think they see a lot of finesse as opposed to physicality. And that's not a slam on any of those guys. Because a book will book will mix it up with anybody, but I think the reputation, especially with CP3 as your point guard, I think the reputation that the Phoenix Suns have is one of finesse. So beat him with physicality. It did feel so good. So I love the fact that Monty's going to be able to point to Game One, the very first playoff game that we face, and say, "Do you see what they did, boys? Do you see what they're doing?" Now let's do something about it. It felt good to see. It didn't feel good in the exact moment it happened, but to see Kevin Durant and Eric Gordon, it was Eric Gordon, right, run into each other at full speed at center court. Yes. And Durant just get back up and look around like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just, go. It didn't, all of a sudden, 
he didn't seem so fragile at that point. You know what I mean? Because that was that was for you know it's not football, but for basketball, that was a pretty high speed collision right there between the two of them. Uh, all right, Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, why didn't we see more Kevin Durant shots down the stretch? We see more Devin Booker even down the stretch. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Fire. All right, it's time to give stuff away, Wolf. Fire! Time for our hottest ticket qualifier, and that qualifier is Jesse Juarez from Queen Creek. Jesse, you have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets tomorrow night against the Clippers. If Jesse doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we will open the phone lines to somebody else. And if you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify by texting TICKET to 620-620, listening for your name in the 5 o'clock hour. Once again, Jesse Juarez from Queen Creek. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. That's what it felt like in the last minute of the game last night. Just that guy's voice who just goes, Fire! That's the last minute of, of Suns Clippers felt like last night. Fire! Uh, we were talking about it earlier, the fact that in the final nine minutes, Kevin Durant only got to attempt two shots. He made them both a three that was a pretty tough three, but, I mean, usually when KD takes the shot, it doesn't even touch the rim. He started the game 0 for 5, but then was 7 for his next 10, but didn't take enough shots, didn't get enough shots. And Monty Williams, after the game, said, yeah, we just weren't organized. No, we, it, it was all over the place. I mean, we missed shots um, in the paint that we typically make, but um, it, it didn't look uh, like there was a great flow tonight, and we got to get more organized and run our stuff. I thought when they put smaller guys on DA and bigger guys on Tory, um, we had Tory setting screens in the pocket, and typically we don't do that. We put DA in that screening action if they switch it then we throw it to him and then he has to convert or find somebody on the second side so we got to get more organized um, on offense yeah you know that to me was a little disappointing I think we'd all agree right there I was expecting either Devin Booker or Kevin Durant or both especially down the stretch the last six minutes five six minutes of that fourth quarter with the game on the line I expected them to be much more aggressive and much more assertive with the ball and that really did not happen that did not transpire and I was a little shocked to see that out there. It seemed like they were really trying to get their teammates involved Mm -hmm. and getting them good looks. And there were some good looks that just they missed. I think of Torrey Craig um, getting some good opportunities, some good looks. I think of Chris Paul as well had some good looks, uh, some mid-range, right around the elbow looks that we've seen him make a lot. And um, it just didn't go the Suns' way. But I was a little surprised that KD and Book were as passive as they were. Yeah, I'm looking at the last nine minutes, just the, the shot log from the last nine minutes that started with the Suns down 90-88. to 88, And Aiton took six shots in the last nine minutes. Booker took four. Chris Paul took three. To your point, he missed all three. Uh, Kevin Durant took two, made them both, a three and a two. Ish Wainwright, Landry Shamit, Torrey Craig each took one. 
nothing against those guys, but I don't need Landry Shamit taking one less shot than Kevin Durant in the last nine minutes of a playoff game. It, it shouldn't even be close. It, I mean, that, I'll feel better when that number is KD attempted seven and Shamit said good job on those seven attempts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because KD's going to make five or six of the seven. And, you know, once again, I, I know you want the ball to move and your offense to be alive and your offense to breathe and to, to have, you know, your teammates contribute as well and to be able to get good looks and take good shots, especially when the other team is trying to keep KD from doing that, trying mm-hmm. to stop Devin Booker from doing that. But they can't stop them both at some point in time. And you got to figure out a way to get them the ball. And I'm sure that's what Monty and his staff are working on. Well, and he just said it right there. We weren't organized enough on offense. Then that's 100% his job going into game two, right? I mean, he's the coach of the team, obviously. He's the one organizing the offense. And he's he's predominantly the only one that can fix it. Here's more from Monty. Well, I didn't think we were organized enough to get those guys shots. I thought we allowed their... Um, the way they matched us, I thought that messed with us a little bit. Uh, we have to just run our stuff, and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Just run our stuff, no matter how they match up, and make them play against our offense. Our offense is pretty good. Here's a KD after the game on not being able to get enough shots late. Uh, just, I don't think they did a good job. When I did get it, they put the trap on me, and I had to come off the ball. Um, but a lot of time, I was facing there in the corner, just waiting for it. And it's providing space for my teammates. Uh, I think we got some good looks there in the fourth. We didn't knock some down, but Again, probably in in the strictest term of of in strictest sense of the term, probably the right basketball place to give his to to provide space for his teammates because yeah. he was doing it. Right, but Kevin Durant is not a decoy. Like, I think Kevin Durant <laughs> shoots the ball at the end of the game. So much of the time when you listen to a player actually talk about what the other team did and what may have worked and you know what the situation was, what they were thinking of, I think of how much of that is just a load of you know what, you know, <laughs> just disinformation. How much of it is just a load of crud, man, that people are throwing up against the wall just to say, hey, look over here or look over there. Why in the world would you say, yeah, this is what they did to us and it worked? <laughs> you know, why would you ever just say that really seemed to give us an issue, give us a problem, even though you can look at it, even though the opposing coach can look at it and say, OK, yeah, that that didn't work for them. But anytime you get a guy that literally is talking about what happened in that fourth quarter and what another team did defensively, it always made me think, man, you know, are, are you really giving them that kind of feedback, that kind of information, that, that kind of confirmation that everything you were doing, boy, it was working and you guys had a great plan. And, you know, what are you going to do about it going forward? I always wondered how much was misinformation and how much was disinformation. Uh, that's probably pretty fair. Uh, here's here's one more from KD. I would say the filling out process. I think I'm good at spacing out and attacking off the off the off the catch. I think, like I said, we we provide a lot of space for my teammates and you know we got good looks. We just send them down. So I would say a couple good things I, I did like from KD in this game, Wolf, were the, the 7 of 10 shooting after he started 0 for 5. Yeah. Because he doesn't typically start 0 for 5. Right. It, what, it, what was the stat? Um, that was his 156th playoff game, and it was the second time he's ever been scoreless in the first quarter. So 
two times out of 156. I'll, I'll, I'll take those odds and assume he's not going to start a game shooting like that again. But then he shot 7 of 10 after that. So, again, last year it felt like the way this game started last night, it would have just gotten away from the Suns and it wouldn't have been a game in the second half. Not the case last night. Um, not enough, though, uh, for the win. The other thing I would say, the second quarter where he put up 17 points was huge, got them back in the game. He got called for a couple fouls early in the game that weren't yes. they just weren't great calls right and, and I didn't even care about that I cared about the fact that KD didn't overreact because remember he talked about this a couple weeks ago and he's like okay you know if they're gonna if we're gonna foul we, we have to we have to deal with the repercussions if KD starts to lose his composure there and he was kind of in foul trouble all game because of it yeah. like flirting with foul trouble then I think everybody kind of follows it down that path but because he kept it together I guess the one bright side is officiating really wasn't a story from this game yeah no I, I think you're right about that that is something that is very understated and underrated about game one I think you're right yeah I'm searching yeah that's <laughs> But, but I do believe it. That's a positive. I feel so much better after <laughs> Luke said that. That might come back to help them later in the series, I'm just going to say. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Just Monty Williams talking about the lack of urgency. He was disappointed with the sense of urgency, not not being urgent enough uh, to start this game. And, man, that is... That is a salient point, and at the same time, you wonder, why did that happen? Why? That's a great question. Where, where is the the urgency? Hey, this is game one. I guess we're playing for keeps. This is the playoffs. Yeah. A lack of urgency. Well, because... It's easy to look at that game and say, okay, well, Kawhi's not going to give them 38 every night, right? So you take take six of those away and the Suns win the game. That's fine. But then you could counter that by saying Russell Westbrook probably isn't going to miss 16 shots every night. Like He's not going to get to take that many shots if he's missing them. Or you could counter and say, are the Suns really just going to assume they're getting 22 from Torrey Craig every night? Yeah. You know, so I mean, at a certain point, it's just, it's just kind of a wash and you now need to win four of the next six. Just wondering if KD is going to be the new tone. Center, if you know what I mean. I I think I'd feel more. 0 for more. 5, starting 0 for 5, and suddenly they looked a little lackluster. That's something to watch going forward. I'd prefer he was the tone setter, because even though he started 0 for 5, which he rarely does, he then made 70% of his shots after that. Uh, register to win tickets to see the Foo Fighters October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for event details and your chance to win when we come back. A quick break from basketball because we have to at least talk a little bit about what happened on Friday afternoon. What exactly is next for Buda Baker after requesting a trade away from the Arizona Cardinals? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Jesse did not call in time, and so 602-260-9870 right now to be the hottest ticket qualifier. What color number do you want, Wolf? Well, since we're talking about Buddha, give me three. All right, so caller number three right now, 602-260-9870. You will be our hottest ticket qualifier for today's show. (laughs) 
This one frustrates me, Wolf. Why is that? I don't know. Game game one yesterday, okay, that was rough, right, for the Suns. But you got time. You could bounce back from that. You may have to talk me uh, back to some <laughs> to, to a better place on this Buda Baker story. All right. Okay. So we so to to pull back the curtain. Friday pre show meeting. We're talking about this. Aaron Aaron brings it up. You know, and she's like, okay, you, how, how do you guys want to talk about this? And you know, we're like, okay, well, nothing has really happened yet. So we got to talk about it because it could be something. Back when, yes. when Buddha had had not scrubbed his social media, but he had altered it a little bit, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. There was no trade request at that point. So we're like, we got to talk about it, but you don't want to make a big deal out of it than it than it actually is. And I found myself getting upset on the air. So then we switched and talked about Kyler Murray. Um, but then we leave, and before I even get home on Friday, there's a trade request out there. <laughs> oh man, good times. Yeah, that was. Uh, there's a trade request out there. The, the very first thought I had, Basinonians, when I saw that, was run. <laughs> just everybody <laughs> right now. Let's all just run. Man, <laughs> run for your lives. You know. Okay. That was an overreaction. Was it? Now, <laughs> now I'm going to settle down right now. My second thought was this can't happen. <laughs> right? This can't happen. There's no way. The, the Arizona Colonels cannot let Buda Baker walk out of that locker room door, right? I mean, that's where I'm at right now. Buda Baker, um, a guy that I absolutely love. And um, if there's one guy on this roster that I know J.G., Jonathan Gannon, can point to and say, do what he does, say what he says, act like he acts, and you're going to do well around here. That is exactly, I've talked about this many times, it is what you want, your model, somebody, a model player that you can point to and say, act like this guy acts, man, and you're going to be great, don't worry about it, do the things he does, speak like he speaks, you'll be great around here. So much of the time, that's very, very important, now obviously, you got to play like he plays as well. Buda Baker is... I don't know if I've ever seen a man that I enjoy watching play the game of football more than Buda Baker. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Maybe as many, you know, I've, there's been many where I've enjoyed it as much, but I don't think more than Buda Baker. He's he's the guy that Cardinals fans identify with. You know, we're talking about with with all the stuff that has gone wrong with and for this team over the last fifteen ish months. I guess now we're into month sixteen. If this is if this is really going to be an issue, you know, we were almost joking about it last week. Of okay, but at least they're getting new jerseys. Well, if they're getting new jerseys, everybody's going to be buying a Buda Baker jersey. So if he's not going to be here, then like, what's going on? I, I I go back to what you just said. This can't happen. Now, it hasn't happened yet. He hasn't been traded. If there's any way to salvage this, you need to salvage it because he is the guy you point to. You know, you, you can you can justify we're trading DeAndre Hopkins because he probably doesn't want to be here and as great as he is, maybe his habits to get ready for games aren't something that we're going to be asking our next generation of players to be modeling, right? He doesn't practice every day. But with Buddha. You want everybody to play like Buddha. They said that on Hard Knocks yep. last year. We already knew it well before Hard Knocks. And this new <laughs> regime has already said that. So I get that you may look around and say, well, you know, we're kind of, we're not in win now mode, so we're not going to overpay for anybody. 
I don't care. Overpay Buddha. Yeah. That's I the know. one guy. <laughs> don't do trade it. him, please. Please, 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 Monty. But I, please I would, don't trade I, him. What are you going to tell your fans if you let him go? But even more important than that, you need a guy like that to build around. Yeah, no, I honestly, um, you know, you, you sign him to a new contract and continue the rebuild. So that was my second thought overall. <laughs> First was run, just for, once again, run. <laughs> now, my second thought was this can't happen. And then my third thought, based on earnings, was this can't happen. And doggone it, Buddha knows that. <laughs> he knows that. And. Okay, this is where the disclaimer comes in. Do we have any disclaimer music that I might be able to actually run right now, Mel? I don't know if we've got that ready to go, but there it is right there. Listen, I love Buda Baker. There is no football player that has ever played the game that I respect more than Buda Baker. I, I don't know the man personally. I don't hang out with him and play cards with him on Wednesday nights, but I love the guy, and I think I know the guy. Having said this, I am disappointed. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Because I'm the son of a truck driver, and I always thought Buda Baker was a bit of a throwback. I did. I thought he was a guy that would play the game in an alley and do it to the ground. And that, that's my impression, of course. And I, and I never thought Buddha would be the guy that didn't honor his contract, especially with two years left on his contract. Yeah, that, and that, that's why I, I kind of threw that disclaimer out there at the beginning. I, I almost I don't even really care whose fault it is it, that it's gotten to this point. Right. Just just fix it. And and I talked she talked to one of my couple of my friends actually that are. are, are two or three of the biggest Cardinals fans I know. And they were sort of saying what you're saying, like, well, what is he doing? You know, this isn't like Buddha. Um, But this is a guy that played through a high ankle sprain when your season was already over last year. This is a guy that played a couple plays with a busted shoulder when your season was way already over. And it doesn't sound like the season ended and he's like, all right, get me out of here because we're losing. It sounds like this didn't happen for, you know, at least a month after the season ended. So... If he looked around and said, we're not even trying to win, and and then he was like, okay, we'll make me the highest paid safety, and then they didn't call him back or talk about it for two months, I, I guess that the good news there is it would be fixable, but I again, I don't understand how you allow it to get to that point. This guy is priority number one. Yeah, you know, um, you're right about that, but you've got a guy maybe under contract and maybe all the turbulence that was going on as well with some of the hires and the hiring process, maybe that kind of clouded the situation. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right, though. It's it's definitely a possibility. Um, And also, too, based on earnings, I know that teams approach players and ask them to take a pay cut. I understand that. It's just a personal decision we all would have to make. And my father, I know, would roll in his grave if I even shook a man's hand and told him, this is my word, and then went back on it, let alone sign a contract. It's just something that I would never myself personally choose to do. And I know teams come and ask players to take a pay cut, but they don't approach players like Buda Baker and ask them to take a pay cut, do they? they I would don't. hope not. I, I, I'm still sort of 
wondering with that Michael Jordan gif of, and I took that personally, that he tweeted out on Friday, which is what prompted us to even talk about this anyway. Is that just simply he asked for more money and nobody ever responded? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what to say. Um, I also know this right here, once again, why would Buddha sign a five-year contract and then complain there's no guaranteed money on his remaining two years because he got a lot of the money up front for signing a five-year yeah, contract. You can't, that's, See, that's yeah, the way that. that it works. Yeah. A signing bonus, you get a lot more up front if you're actually going to sign a contract that is longer. So... You know, I, you that know, kind of bothers. Yeah, me. well, because you know, you know, I'm going to take Buddha's side on almost anything. But that, like, if you got the guaranteed money already, <laughs> just go put it in a bank for two years and slowly pull some out and, and act like they're paying you. Then I don't know. Like, if you already got that money, you can't be upset that you're not getting here's, it. Here's the cool thing about this: I think is going to happen. I, I think at some point in time in the National Football League, they're all going to be guaranteed contracts. They're all going to be guaranteed, but guys are going to play. They're, they're going to play for less, even though they'll be guaranteed, they'll play for less, and I think sign for fewer years as well, mm. okay? I, I think that's a possibility if you're going to sign a $45 million contract, okay? You, you might actually get more, but it's going to be for fewer years. That's what I think, guaranteed. I think I said it opposite. I- the other part of this, and we'll get more into it, I'm sure, throughout the week, but like how much of it is the environment right now where it's just been it's been nothing but but bad news if there's any news around the Cardinals lately. Maybe that has nothing to do with it. It's but, been very hard off season. But maybe he's yeah. looking around. I mean, I thought this was going to be the easy offseason after Never. last offseason. Uh, all right, we come back. What was the biggest issue for the Suns in game one last night? Was it maybe rebounding? We'll get into that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.